0: Hey, hey, listeners, stop real quick. I promise you, this is not an ad. This is Danny here, and I just wanted to let you know before we hop into this Muses episode that it was recorded in the first week of April. And what that means is that this episode was recorded a couple of days before Taylor Swift and Joe Alwyn officially and publicly announced their split. As a result, there might be some content in this episode that isn't entirely up to date, as in there definitely will be, and it's not reflective of our feelings of Taylor's relationship now and not necessarily reflective of her relationship with Joe Alwyn. So just so everybody is fully aware, this episode was recorded over two months ago before the announcement of the split of Taylor Swift and Joe Alwyn. Okay, let's jump right into it.
1: Welcome back to Tay Learning. My name is Olivia. And my name is Danny, and we are your co-hosts. And this week we are continuing on with our Muses series. We are going to be talking about Taylor's brief relationship with Connor Kennedy in 2012. I really liked deep diving
0: this one because <laughs> we mentioned this last week, but I didn't know a ton. I know you didn't know a ton. I had a vague nope. idea of what happened there, but the tea was Loki piping.
1: Yeah, this is kind of crazy. Even though <laughs> I don't
0: just, okay, as general commentary before we jump in, I don't get the vibe that she liked him very much. Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't know how biased that might be for or against him, but it whatever it doesn't matter. I don't get the vibe that he yeah. or that she she liked him a whole lot. I think she liked the idea of him, and I think he yep. was just a kid.
1: I agree. That's the vibe I get too. It's
0: still very fun. <laughs>
1: A little bit of
0: backstory on our boy, Connor Kennedy. So you probably know the Kennedy name or, hey, you know what? 40% of our listenership is international. I don't know how much you know about U.S. politics if you're not in the U.S., but a long time ago, I'm talking in the 60s, the United States had a president named John F. Kennedy, more often known as JFK. And the Kennedy family is uh, the real, actual last great American dynasty. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah it's the closest uh, thing we have to like american royalty <laughs> the fucking kennedys i i think there's
0: even like a joke about it in legally blonde i don't know why that just hit me the she's <laughs> marrying <generating> a kennedy <laughs> for god's sake <laughs> oh no it's a different name but it's basically like that like it's old money east coast mm-hmm. and yep. connor kennedy is the great nephew of jfk if i understand family trees correctly.
1: I read so many Kennedy family trees, and they're all, all over the place. (laughs) There's so many of them. There's so many, especially in Connor's specific line, because he has so many aunts and uncles. His uh, grandma, Ethel Kennedy, had 11 kids.
0: Jesus Christ.
1: Well, good for Ethel.
0: And I guess it makes sense if you had the money and the resources, and you knew that all of them were going to, you know likely be successful because they're Kennedy's Mm -hmm. hell yeah and you've got au pairs to take care of them (laughs) (laughs) so Connor as we can assume had a pretty privileged upbringing and went to the private schools and was poised to be just another successful Kennedy so he doesn't actually enter the Taylor Swift story or the Kennedys don't really publicly until the summer of 2011.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of context details that we're going to dump at you before we get into the actual like Taylor and Connor meet because I think it's important to understand the layers here to understand her relationship with Connor. So back in summer of 2011, I don't have exact dates here. A lot of this information comes from the Kennedy biography, the Kennedy heirs. So, if you want to read it, like by all means, Taylor is mentioned a lot. So, like it was really interesting to read the segments where Taylor was talked about. So that's where I think probably Danny and I got a lot of our information from, and it mm-hmm. is written for, as from a third party source who has interviewed people according to their sources and has done the research so we can take it as hearsay but like who knows it's it's not for sure this isn't from taylor's mouth or anything but anyway summer 2011 is kind of where things began with taylor and the kennedys taylor has had interviews at this point in the past where she talked about how much she adored ethel kennedy this is john f kennedy's sister-in-law and then connor's grandma And she has been on record, Taylor has been on record saying things like when you look back at the pictures of Ethel and Bobby, her husband, they always look like they're having the most fun. And she also admits to having written a song about them. That song is Starlight from Red. And the secret message for starlight is for ethel you know (laughs) and it makes so much sense when you listen to that song too like i met bobby on the boardwalk summer of 45 we could have 10 kids and teach them how to dream she like idolized this like sweeping romance in the kennedy family and she's made this public so ethel's daughter rory reaches out to Taylor's team to request tickets to her concert for her and her daughters. Taylor happily agrees, of course, because she's, like, obsessed. It's a special interest of hers is the Kennedys. And when Rory and Taylor meet, Taylor asks if it would be possible to ever meet Ethel, and that is when Taylor gets Ethel's number. She later gets lunch with Ethel, where they spend hours talking about Ethel's life story.
0: I love that they went to the speak now tour. I think that that's so funny I that know. they reached out <laughs> and I have a quote here that just says specifically that a quote friendship blossomed between Rory and Taylor, Rory Kennedy from a source close to, which as we say in every muses episode, we will tell you if it's hearsay or a source because we don't know how
1: accurate that is. Nope. But a friendship blossomed. Yeah. And Rory for context to just drive the point home because i'm not expecting you guys to remember the kennedy family tree rory (laughs) is ethel's daughter and also connor's aunt (laughs) (laughs) it's
0: so confusing before we continue with the timeline we're going to take a really quick break to talk about spotify for podcasters our sponsor and we'll see you back here in a minute Okay, so it's October 3rd, 2011, and the New Yorker posts an article titled, You Belong With Me, and it is an article about Taylor, quote, turning teen angst into a global empire. (laughs) And in the article, she talks about how when she's at home, she spends a lot of her time off with band members, friends, and family, going out for coffee, dinners, and that she loves to watch TV. She likes to watch Teen Mom csi which she guest starred on by the way and (laughs) she specifically notes history channel documentaries and says quote i'm just so obsessed with the whole history of jfk and rfk and then she announced that she had completed a 900 page book called the kennedy woman she wrote a book reading it
1: read i thought you said wrote and i'm like wait what since i think i
0: just said completed no she didn't write a book about the i was like no could you (laughs) imagine if that just flew under the radar i wish you guys could have seen olivia's face i was like why do you look so confused i know 900 pages is a lot but like she's not dumb
1: (laughs) i was like how did she read a 900 page book and i
0: never heard about it (laughs) no she read she read a book called the kennedy woman She did not write it, although with how obsessed she was, wouldn't have been surprised. so funny.
1: I feel like Taylor during this time, this is like, you know, peak speak now, Taylor. She was idolizing that perfect, all-encompassing love. And I think she saw that in Ethel's marriage and just like ran from there. It was like, so romantic in her mind the way that they met and their story and everything and i think that's probably for sure what stemmed her obsession she went down the rabbit hole
0: no not (laughs) down the rabbit hole fast forward a few months it's january 16th 2012 and taylor swift has an interview with vogue it's called taylor swift the single life i fucking hate that shit uh (laughs) (laughs) Where she says, quote, the only time in my life I have ever been starstruck was meeting Caroline and Ethel Kennedy. I got to spend the afternoon with Ethel a couple of weeks ago. She is one of my favorites because you look back at the pictures of her and Bobby and they always look like they're having the most fun out of everybody. So it's like the second time that she's publicly come out and been like, I'm obsessed with their love. I
1: want a love like theirs.
0: Well, I guess that Ethel must have saw it because...
1: (laughs) On January twentieth of twenty twelve, Taylor appears on the red carpet with Ethel Kennedy at the Sundance Film Festival for the documentary Ethel. She was reportedly invited by Rory, and at the event, Ethel invited Taylor to come to her home for Fourth of July weekend. (laughs) Taylor's first Fourth of July weekend. Did you see
0: the pics of Taylor on the red carpet for Ethel? yes (laughs) she just looks like she's going for like a walk like a casual central park stroll and she looks cute don't get me wrong but i was like oh that is not what i'm used to for red carpet taylor so funny
1: listen it's her kennedy era okay
0: (laughs) she could dress however she wanted she'd be respected
1: because she was in her kennedy era Uh, so this is another just context point has nothing to do with taylor trigger warning (laughs) yeah trigger warning um for sure Um, On May 16th, 2012, Connor's mom, Mary, dies, and it is ruled a suicide, which I'm sure was extremely hard for her entire close family, Connor especially.
0: So while it's on pretty good authority that Connor and Taylor didn't meet until later, there were some rumors going around that Taylor acted as a shoulder to cry on around the time that Mary Kennedy passed away. So don't know how true that is. They are sources, <laughs> so I don't necessarily think that it's true. But that is what was flying around, so we got to mention it. And we find out much later in the Kennedy airs that RFK said that Taylor was a good distraction for Connor. But in the Kennedy airs, it also says that Patrick Kennedy, I don't know where he fits in this fucking family <laughs> tree right now.
1: I uh, got it. Don't worry. <laughs> It's kind of interesting that rumors were already spreading that they were like dating because in the Kennedy airs, it was confirmed that Taylor met Connor on July 1st, 2012, when Taylor arrives at the Kennedy compound in Hyannisport, Massachusetts, Ethel's house
0: important context the kennedy airs was released in 2019 so there's a lot of stuff that didn't get unearthed until 8 years down yeah. the line so Crazy. anyway but people just say anything to get a tabloid so
1: yeah who knows if like everything the kennedy airs is true honestly because like a lot of it is source based and the author does quote in their like source section that a lot of the rumors that they got were from close to the person's sources or whatever and that they asked to remain anonymous so who knows who knows anywho taylor shows up in hyannisport and she's at the kennedy compound and this is where we enter two new players into the story one connor kennedy connor kennedy son of robert f kennedy jr and mary richardson robert f kennedy jr connor's dad is the son of Robert F. Kennedy Sr., nicknamed Bobby, and Ethel. So, you know, more just drilling this family tree into your mind. Ethel is Connor's grandma. (laughs) Enter Patrick Schwarzenegger, son of Arnold Schwarzenegger, actor and former governor of California, and Maria Shriver, who is a Kennedy. And Patrick and Connor are cousins. (laughs) Pretty sure Maria is not in Ethel's tree, she's in a different one, but they're cousins. And the the Kennedy family is like really tight knit too. So like even distant cousins, like you guys are cousins, you guys are at family functions. Like it's a very close knit family. Taylor reportedly hangs out with Connor, Patrick, and some of like, you know, the younger teenage, young 20 year old Kennedys. They hang out on the beach, they go swimming, they're drinking, playing flashlight tag. And Taylor and Patrick reportedly had instant chemistry. (laughs) Not Connor, Patrick. (laughs) Yeah, we
0: see in the Kennedy airs, quote, Taylor and Patrick would hold hands and walk off on their own. She with her head on his shoulder and she he would lean in and kiss her on the lips. The relationship was never, like, officially confirmed to any tabloids, but there were photos that were released, which caused a lot
1: of speculation. Yep. The next day, because she's there for the weekend. She's there for the 4th of July weekend, so she's staying the night. July 2nd, she starlight for everybody on her guitar after lunch, and Ethel loves it. It makes her feel young again. Um, a couple days later, on July 4th, paparazzi catches some of those photos you were talking about of Patrick and Taylor, like, hugging, and Patrick later tweets, had such an amazing day. Best 4th of July I could ask for. I just realized that
0: 4th of Julys are so important to the lore of Taylor Swift, and I'm pretty sure we're going to the show that is the closest to the 4th of July. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) So I wonder we're going to be involved in the lore. (laughs) Anyway. Well, I guess not the closest. We have to make it to that Friday night show somehow. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Uh, Well, if you're wondering what the hell happened to Patrick, it was all for naught. Because he did have to
1: scamper back to work. Yep.
0: Even Kennedy's got to
1: work. Yep, he was an actor, like his dad. (laughs) (laughs) So the week of July 23rd is when Patrick apparently leaves for work. So Taylor starts spending more time with Connor Kennedy at Mount Kisco, New York. And then I have an excerpt noted. The Kennedy airs, that biography does detail some of their get-to-know-each-other ventures so I'm going to read a little excerpt directly from the source the Kennedy heirs quote of course Connor was still deeply grieving his mother this was an especially dark time for him Taylor was saddened when she heard the details of how Mary Kennedy had died she was close to her own mother and couldn't imagine how Connor was able to go on after facing such tragedy she admired his strength his resolve then, when getting to know him, she began to understand just how many life-threatening allergies had impacted his young life. He didn't confide in her to elicit sympathy, but Taylor's heart went out to him just the same. She also recognized his vulnerability. Quote, I'm not as crazy about sunsets as the rest of my relatives, he told her as they sat on the beach and watched the vivid colors splash in the sky. Sunsets feel sad, like maybe the end of things, he said. I like the beginning of things better. Though he was four years her junior, she couldn't help but recognize his quiet maturity. When she asked about the dark history of tragedy in his family and what he may have learned from it, he said he'd come to the simple conclusion, life is messy. It sounded like an observation of a kid who'd seen a lot, but been through a lot and had stopped trying to make sense of it. Rather, he just decided to accept what he couldn't control and move forward despite it, much like so many of his Kennedy forebearers, who had seen the worst life had to offer, yet persevered despite it. Also, he hated being alone, he said. The idea filled him with terror. Quote, I've been surrounded by family from the time I can remember, he told her according to one account. That's how it is with the Kennedys. You're always with the Kennedys. You grow up constantly surrounded by the Kennedys. So when you're alone and there are no Kennedys, it's terrifying. I don't know how to do it. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I was
0: giggling in there because I literally, like the most romantic thing that I thought a guy had ever said to me when I was 18 <laughs> was I asked a boy, like, do you prefer sunrises or sunsets? And he was like, sunrises. Like, sunsets feel so final. Sunrises feel like the beginning of something. Was it big. Connor Kennedy? It wasn't Connor. Oh, god, I fucking wish it was Connor Kennedy. I've seen those photos of him today. But, no. No, it was just some guy that lived in my dorm. Like, where Where did where do these boys read this? I don't know. And I thought it was like, oh my god, I thought I was like, that was the man. Well, <laughs> now now like it's not I'm original. A- no, it's not original.
1: I was... Oh, God. I was wonderstruck, (laughs) if you will. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah, that is the Kennedy Ayers account of Taylor and Connor getting to know each other. And that is what just like, you know, completely distracted her from Patrick.
0: Yeah, because that was so heartbreaking for her. I feel like this is like a quick note right here. Because she is famous, she is not given the luxury that like you and I are given to just, oh my God, make out with people. Like we're both in happy relationships right now, but I could not tell you how many people I've kissed. Yeah. No clue. It's fun. (laughs) She doesn't get the luxury of just being a little flirty for no reason. Yeah.
1: Um, um, Looking back on like her entire dating history, she dated like a normal girl. In normal life <laughs> uh,
0: so July 25th speaking of them being at Mount Kisco and around the Kennedy family they went and got pizza at a Kennedy family favorite Marcella's pizza I guess <laughs> it's got to be good if it's a Kennedy family favorite we should go Right. and they quote walked out hand in hand according to a source oh but God. Earlier that day, Connor was appointed the administrator of his late mother's $2.1 million estate, according to the Boston Herald.
1: Casual. That's almost no. like pizza, because
0: they did it again a couple days later with Ethel.
1: Love. On July 27th, 2012, Taylor visits the Kennedy compound again, which is Ethel's house, where Taylor and Connor are seen jumping on a trampoline together, and then they are later spotted strolling down the beach hand in hand.
0: And apparently they slipped out the back door of the party, headed down to the beach, and romantically strolled holding hands. And then joined a group of his friends at a pizzeria, again, with the frickin' pizza. And a source said, he found her a seat. It was very sweet. She was laughing and talked with a lot of little kids. (laughs) On the 28th, they went sailing. And afterward, Taylor was seen hanging out with the matriarch.
1: And then the next day, July 29th, 2012, they're seen going to church together in Hyannisport. Port. She's living that Kennedy life.
0: She really is. And and after church, she went and got chicken fingers, which I think is really funny. <laughs> but a quote said that she was smiling a lot and looked happy and that they were touchy feely, according to the New York Post. So
1: I don't think we gave this context earlier. At the beginning of this summer, when they met in July, he was seventeen years old. She was yeah, twenty-two. He turned eighteen. I think his birthday is the twenty-fourth of July. Yes, he turned he turned eighteen on July twenty-fourth, and uh, the next day they started see each other. Oh, so, it's so bad! It sounds so bad. The press did give her uh, yeah, a lot of heat. For yeah. That she's 22 he's 18 I guess we can like probably debrief about how we feel about it after everything because I do have opinions so that is important context that I forgot also Patrick was 18 too so like <sighs> <humor. laughs> well, yeah we'll talk about that <laughs> in a bit yeah but... context that completely just went over my head
0: Yeah, me too, for some reason. I have it in my notes (laughs) later to point out that the press was giving her shit for this, but um, I will also,
1: but we'll get there. So August 1st, 2012, Ethel, Connor's grandma, again, is asked about Taylor one day becoming a member of the Kennedy family. And she responds, we should be so lucky.
0: Rory also said, she's a great friend of all of ours. And then (laughs) said, she's awesome. And we love her. Ethel also noted that she was not the matchmaker between them and wanted the interviewer to know that.
1: And then according to the Kennedy airs, the whole beginning of August, they kind of talk about like commentary from the family. Apparently Connor's dad reportedly says that Taylor's a good distraction for him. He needs it right now because of his mom recently passing. Also in August, Connor's uncle reportedly says, quote, I couldn't resist pointing out to the group that the girl in the bathing suit walking down the path to the docks was Taylor Swift, who was then dating my nephew and probably already composing the song about their breakup. Well, gross.
0: <laughs> well on August 3rd, 2012, Taylor Swift takes matters into her own hands because in maybe a girl boss move, maybe a crazy girl move. I do not know. She <laughs> bought the home literally right next to the Kennedy compound for yeah, just shy of $5 million. She sure did. And if you want to look up the Addy, it's 27 Marchant <laughs> Avenue <laughs> in Hyannis Port. And Ethel Kennedy, who, you know, is at the Kennedy compound told the New York Times that she was, quote, happy that they'll be neighbors. She's thrilled.
1: So funny. Because in contrast, Connor's friend says later of the incident, reportedly in the Kennedy years. Quote, Connor liked Taylor, don't get me wrong. But this business of her buying the house on the Cape made him nervous. After all, it was just one property away from the compound. It seemed as if she was getting a little too attached, spending five million bucks on a house just to be near the guy. I mean, I'd panic, too. I would also panic. I would also be crazy if I had just, if I had Taylor money and I, I could. I mean, I say that I would panic, but I told my current boyfriend two weeks into us, like, talking that... I would move across the country for him and fall in love with him, so like I guess i I can't really condemn Taylor here,
0: uh, yeah, no, I guess <laughs> I can't either. I can't talk shit. I've come on a little bit sort of like too. what's
1: five million dollars? What's five yeah. million dollars to Taylor Swift
0: drop in the bucket, and even so, and we'll break this more down later. I think that a lot of this had to do more with idealizing the Kennedy lifestyle Mm -hmm. than wanting to be physically close to Connor. But we'll talk about our feelings about it at the end. Is it the
1: wedding time? I do have like a brief thing right before the wedding. Same day of the wedding. They're seen at the beach together. She's in this like, I wasted red and white polka dot bikini and there's some like, you know, paparazzi shots of them holding hands. This is like morning of the wedding. And then we're at the wedding.
0: Do you hear wedding bells, Olivia? Because <laughs> I do and so did Taylor. Oh my you God. know what? I'm just gonna let you unpack this because the Kennedy Airs lays it all out for us and yeah. this was drama.
1: Yeah, the Kennedy Airs does a really good job of like telling the story i think so <laughs> so
0: we'll paint the picture before she begins unpacking it's the middle of august 2012 kyle kennedy don't know where the hell she fits in and liam kerr are about to get married at the fairmont copley plaza in boston and there are conflicting reports about how this night went down but the kennedy heirs tells yep, the tale kennedy airs
1: tells at least the kennedy side so quote from the kennedy airs On August 17th, a bit of a wrinkle would present itself in this new Kennedy romance when Connor's cousin Kyle, daughter of Vicki Gifford Kennedy, Michael Kennedy's widow, married a fellow named Liam Kerr. According to Vicki, who had gone on to a quiet, unassuming life while raising her children after her husband's death, Connor sent her a text an hour before the wedding reception at the Fairmont Copley Plaza to say he'd forgotten to RSVP. He wondered if he and Taylor could still attend. Vicky said, no, absolutely not. Later, she would explain that she feared Taylor's presence would detract from the attention rightly due to her daughter on her special day. Connor and Taylor showed up anyway. As soon as everyone present realized who Connor's date was, focus shifted from the bride to the Grammy award-winning pop star, just as Vicky had feared. Upset, Vicky went up to Taylor, introduced herself, and asked her as nicely as she could to leave. In return, Taylor gave her a long stare. It was like talking to a ghost, Vicky said. She seemed to look right past me. She and Connor then just breezed right by Vicky and went on to enjoy the festivities. Vicky told me that was complete bullshit, said the reporter Gail Fee. Well, a lot of women might have been like, oh, wow, Taylor Swift, not Vicky. Eventually, one of Connor's cousins came up to him and warned him dude, you better check yourself. Aunt Vicky is pissed. I think she's going to drag Taylor Swift out of here by her ponytail. That was when the couple left the party. That night, Taylor and Connor had a disagreement. Apparently, Connor had misrepresented the situation and told her that they'd been invited to the reception. She said she would never have gone had she known that they were crashing the party. How could you do that to me? They apparently got past it, though.
0: So that is the kennedy take and there's another kennedy take because on the today show which this was like the next week but it's still rehashing what happened on this night kathy lee gifford who was in attendance of the wedding and obviously in relation with the giffords uh kathy lee and hoda if you're familiar with that show said quote connor had emailed victoria kennedy or texted her or something like that like an hour before and said see here's the thing he had not (laughs) rsvp So she didn't even know if he was coming or not. She heard that he might be, but he'd gotten in touch with her an hour earlier and said, basically, can I bring my girlfriend? And a beautiful sit-down dinner that had been planned for months. And he goes, no. She said very nicely. Please do not come, you know. And because, guess what? Well, they came. See. Her account <laughs> does line up with what Vicki Kennedy had told the Boston Herald about the whole debacle. Uh, with the whole talking to a ghost mm-hmm. thing. But... It also lines up with a staff member of the Fairmont Copley Plaza who claimed to watch Taylor being asked to leave the wedding. So, but they left and then they came back and danced, which I think is funny. They left like the dinner, the reception part, and then came back. Like, I I like to imagine them like sneaking in, like on their tiptoes to come dance, (laughs) but that's just what the source said. Again, I wasn't in attendance of this wedding. I guess that my invite must've been lost or something.
1: I forget who saw this too, but, um someone reportedly saw taylor kind of standing in the hall outside of the wedding kind of like awkwardly waiting there and like connor was inside talking to family and when he came out he like grabbed her by the hand and then they left together (laughs) i have some feelings about this whole wedding debacle i totally believe that she was asked to leave and quite frankly i would follow the lead of my date whose family it is so i you know, like <laughs> I, yeah, I would
0: too. It's his family. It's that wedding. If he says it's going to be cool, I believe that they argued about it. And I also believed that because she wanted to make things work, if they did end up going back to the wedding, if they left and went back and I was freshly dating a guy that I really liked or wanted to really like, and he's like, no, no, no it's okay. We can go back to the dancing. I would probably blindly believe him too, but she yep. got the heat from this. Tabloids were saying Taylor Swift deserves a swift kick in the ass.
1: The whole situation, it's just such a shit show. Like, shitty for him for not RSVPing, but he was an 18-year-old boy. Like, he doesn't know shit about weddings. He doesn't know how weddings work. You know, this is his family. He always goes to parties with his family. I'm I'm sure he didn't think about it. There's nothing malicious on his end. There's nothing malicious on Taylor's end. Nothing malicious on the family's end for telling her to leave. It's just complete shit show. And if I were Taylor, I also would have followed his lead. And we would have argued about it later, too.
0: I also understand when I hear the line of like staring back at me, like she was a ghost, or or like I was a ghost, or whatever. I can imagine Taylor's complete like shell shock of being asked to leave this wedding that you just walked into. But more importantly, like that was so out of fucking line for Vicky Kennedy to do. You pull aside Connor and you say, "You both need to leave." You do not put it in the hands of the in date. RSVP? You yeah, <laughs> don't put it in Taylor's hands. That's not her fault. Yeah, it doesn't matter if it's Taylor Swift. If you don't get mad at the date, she is blindly following the person. But mm-hmm.
1: especially um, like, um, there's some more context that's given by the Kennedy heirs because apparently, okay. Taylor called Ethel specifically to apologize. So quote. She explained that when Vicky asked her to leave, there was so much pandemonium going on around her that she had completely misunderstood her. Chaos always happens, she said, whenever she walks into a room full of strangers, and that's why she appeared to be so blank-eyed. It's also why she stayed. While Ethel was sorry about it, she couldn't take it seriously. Quote, There are so many more important things to worry about in the world, she said, spoken like a woman who's known real problems. Don't worry, kiddo, she reportedly told Taylor. There will be plenty more days in the sunshine.
0: God, Ethel's obsessed with her.
1: <laughs> Such a grandma, like, reaction to, like, family drama of, like, people younger than her. She's right. like, it's not that
0: deep. <laughs> it's truly not that deep. And again, as an event planner, if somebody showed up to a multi-million dollar wedding and tried to fuck up my seating arrangement that I've been working on for months, <laughs> I would also be mad. But, like, they didn't need a meal. They just wanted to be there for the vibes because they were kids. 22 as a yeah, kid. They wanted okay? to
1: celebrate the wedding.
0: Well, Taylor's rep at the time, Paula Erickson, who she switched out for tree pain in like 2014, but Paula Erickson vehemently denies the account saying, quote, there's no truth to that. Taylor was invited to the wedding and the bride thanked her profusely for being there.
1: Because I'm sure Connor got her there by saying we were invited. Connor thought he, I mean, Connor was invited and he likely had a plus one. He just Mm -hmm. didn't RSVP he didn't know how weddings worked. So like, I don't think- Taylor would have agreed to going had she really known that, like, it was last minute. I bet he had told her weeks prior, like, oh, we have that wedding on this day. We have that wedding on this day. We have that wedding on this day. And he just, like, dropped the ball on RSVP. Yeah.
0: And I also could imagine Kyle Kennedy, a young woman, probably, you know, likes Taylor Swift's. I don't know. 2012 was a weird time for people liking Taylor Swift, but. I believe the account that she was like, "Thank you so much for showing up." I believe that for sure. It was sure. the mom that was mad.
1: It was her always thank you. Yeah,
0: always the mother of the bride who's angry. Mm-hmm. Speaking from yeah. experience, you always think the all
1: mother. the stories make sense.
0: <laughs> They're all valid all in their are. own ways. Everybody has a reason to be upset,
1: and like Taylor being mortified after this too. Like, she literally did speak now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, the frustration with her didn't last long from the Kennedy clan because Taylor, Connor, and a few other members of the Kennedy family did go visit the grave of Mary Kennedy, Connor's mother, just a few days later in Hyannisport, according to the Associated Press. And also the Associated Press reported that Taylor and Connor were holding hands and she was consoling him as the group bowed their heads in prayer.
1: And it was also reported that her and Connor hung back at the grave and she helped him to like clear off the gravestone and wipe the brush off of it so you know she's doing that supportive girlfriend role beautifully
0: on September 6, 2012 Caroline Kennedy admits that she listens to Taylor Swift's music and enjoys it specifically love story and says that love story reminds her of Mitt Romney That's weird. That's suspicious. (laughs) She doesn't even call it love story. She calls it Romeo. She's like, I love Taylor's song, Romeo. Sure.
1: Okay, girl. Taylor's song, Romeo.
0: But she wouldn't be bringing up Taylor Swift if the whole family was mad at her about the wedding still. September 15th, Rory Kennedy says that Taylor is, quote, very sweet and that she loves her. So the, the Kennedy family is so chill with her. They're talking about her every opportunity that they get. And they don't need to clasp to fame or relevancy. They're the fucking Kennedys.
1: Yeah. Taylor, too. Like, I guess this is kind of a detail that I missed earlier. So in the Kennedy airs, it says, quote, happily, Taylor managed to pass with flying colors on the historic Kennedy tradition of being tested to gauge her medal. Over the years, countless others have been forced to at least try to rise to the occasion of being able to compete with the Kennedys in their athletic and competitive world. Quote, you know what she really is, Ethel later said of Taylor, she's game. She had never sailed before. She sailed. She had never dragged before. She dragged. She played everything else everyone else was doing and was good at it and no fuss. So like, Taylor was like, just down to just be a part of the Kennedy family so I think that kind of
0: I think that is makes why sense.
1: everyone's so obsessed with her she was like down with the family traditions and was just like fun
0: yeah they still have really positive feelings about her even months later she must have really done well at all of the Kennedy family games
1: yeah I mean she wooed them with starlight
0: yeah. <laughs> I mean it's a pretty good way to win someone over, right? Like write an entire beautiful song about their relationship. <laughs> In the year 2012, people didn't think that Connor and Taylor had split until much later than this time. But we find out via the Kennedy Airs. Well, yeah. we think we find out. You know, this is accounts eight years yeah, later. Yeah. It's a month's deviation. Who cares? But we are under the understanding from the Kennedy airs that at some point in September, Taylor and Connor parted ways.
1: And the Kennedy airs, it says exactly, quote, in September, Connor ended it with Taylor. She was disappointed, thinking that they'd share a future together. She'd actually started doodling Taylor Swift Kennedy on a notepad just to see how it looked. And it looked pretty good. Luckily for her, though, she had new music being released and wouldn't have much time to Think about the end of her fun thing or summer fling.
0: We also have from the Kennedy Airs, quote, Connor liked Taylor. Don't get me wrong. But the business of her buying a house on the Cape made him nervous. Yep. (laughs) From a source to the Kennedy heirs and quote Connor's just an 18 year old kid and wasn't ready for anything super serious but Taylor is looking for her soulmate and it kind of freaked him out how strong she came on an insider close to Connor said quote Taylor was more obsessed with the idea of dating a Kennedy than the actual Kennedy she was dating which kind of ties into what I was hinting at earlier I don't know. I totally believe that. Like, I completely believe that she was more obsessed with the idea of a Kennedy than the actual Kennedy himself. And he was cute, right?
1: Yeah. I think there's, like, a lot of layers to her trying to force onto her relationship with Connor what she wanted out of a relationship. One, she was obsessed with Kennedy. She fell in love with the family. She loved their lifestyle. She wanted to be a Kennedy. And it wasn't like her... At least the the... Impression I get is she wasn't just, like, grabbing onto the closest Kennedy to desperately be a part of the family. I don't think it was, like, malicious on that level, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. I think she did like him. And she also is a young woman who has been through a serious heartbreak at this point. This is post-Jake Gyllenhaal. And she just really 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 wants that epic love she wants to be loved so bad she wants the ethel and bobby kennedy story so bad and i think this was her just trying to make it happen she liked connor enough to try to make it happen with him but i think she just got caught up in like the fantasy of it and didn't really focus on the actuality of the relationship
0: so october 1st 2012 which again at this point they might be broken up if the Kennedy airs is correct, but they might not be. We don't really know. Taylor ends up on the November cover of Glamour magazine, and she is asked straight up about dating Connor, who at this point is a high school senior. <clears throat> she says, quote, I don't talk about my personal life in great detail. I write about it in my songs, and I feel like you can share enough about your life and your music to let people know what you're going through and still develop a connection without going into too many details. So and she's kind of skipping over her words while saying this interview. Yeah, like she's
1: nervous. <laughs>
0: she's definitely sweating. And could she be sweating because they've split up and are not ready to
1: announce it? Or is she nervous because it's delicate? <laughs> yeah, she's done a lot of hinting during this time of like, I don't talk about this stuff, but like, um listen to my music and maybe you can figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Listen
0: to Rad coming out on <laughs> October 10th, so a week and some change later. Taylor appears on the cover of Rolling Stone and clears up the odd but seemingly relentless rumor that she may have kidnapped (laughs) Connor Kennedy. To which she responds, you can't kidnap a grown man. The way I look at love is you have to follow it and fall hard. If you fall hard, you have to forget about what everyone else thinks.
1: Like we've been saying, we'll be talking about the age thing at the very end. But like, girly, is he a grown man if he's in high school? So...
0: An important note as well on October 1st, Taylor did release a single. And that single was Begin Again. But
1: on a Wednesday in a cafe, I watched it begin again which
0: we'll talk about songs at the end, but I want to note that for now because Taylor is on a single promotion cycle. Primarily, we are never ever getting back together, which at this point is number one song in the world and was really showing she was breaking out from pop. Her first number one. Yeah, her her first ever number one. So she's on her album promotion cycle for Red, and Connor attends the premiere of HBO's documentary, Ethel Alone in New York.
1: Nowhere to be seen. No Taylor Swift. Nope. And that's like, I think in my brain confirms that they broke up in September. She would have gone.
0: Especially since she loves Ethel and Ethel loves her. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So rapid firing. It's October 22nd, 2012. Red is released. eh, eh,
1: eh. Eh, eh, eh,
0: eh. And Taylor stops in good morning America to talk about it. And she deftly avoids relationships in general and any specific questions and says quote I don't really talk about my love life my fans (laughs) know that I'm going to give them the real version of what happened to me and my music and they know what they read on gossip sites may or may not be true
1: for those of you who like to give Swifties shit for looking into her songs and trying to figure out what's going on our girl was trying to tell us She's always doing this. And on top of that, the Speak Now
0: era, we talked about this with the Taylor Lautner episode. She would straight up say, like, like, Dear John, she name drops, even though Dear John, you know, has another meaning. Mm-hmm. But, like, she was really open about who songs were about and then was getting shit for it. And then it comes to Red and she's acting all coy, like, you'll never know. Meanwhile, the lyric, twin fire signs, four blue eyes. Maple latte. <laughs> <laughs> like... Come on. She was she was so obvious without being obvious, but you did have mm-hmm. to listen to the lyrics and that's how you sell records. Exactly. On October 24th, 2012, Taylor does get really anxious when she is on the Ellen show. The infamous interview where Ellen like cross-examines her boyfriends mm-hmm. is brought up. But notably Connor is not one of the people that Ellen brings up in that horrible interview. That's
1: so interesting because, like, she was like putting pictures up of Taylor sitting next to guys at award shows, and didn't post any paparazzi pics of her making out with Connor Kennedy. Like, I I think the PDA with Connor Kennedy was like next level compared to Taylor's past relationships.
0: Yeah, and like, I wonder. So before stars go on to shows like that, usually their PR team will tell them these are things that are off limits to talk about for this interview. And sometimes people blow past them. Like that happened quite a bit with Taylor Mm -hmm. when she was being pressed about the Kanye West issue when she was younger. It's possible that Paula Erickson went in and was like, "Connor Kennedy's off limits.
1: Now, they brought up other people. The the Kennedy side, though, too. You know, because like you'd think if Connor Kennedy were off limits, why wouldn't John Mayer have been off limits? That was traumatic for Taylor.
0: That's true. I wonder right? if maybe she thought that Ellen would just do, like, joke people like she did Zac Efron and not right. bring up actual people that Taylor very publicly had relationships with. And so she I guess totally like, they didn't mind.
1: bring up, like, Jake Hall. Interesting. October 25th,
0: 2012. Us Weekly finally breaks the news officially that the pair have called it quits, saying, quote, they quietly parted ways a while ago. It was just a distance thing. No hard feelings. They're fine.
1: A distance thing Well, she has a house right across from his grandma.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> and then on December 3rd, 2012, Taylor was honored at the Robert F. Kennedy Center for Justice and Human Rights, which is very very cool because she won an award called the ripple of hope award from the rfk center and it was basically being an ally and standing up for marginalized communities and that award was given to her by none other than ethel kennedy
1: i bet ethel was kind of sad that she wasn't a part of the family i'm sure she was
0: also, Robert F. Kennedy, who the center is named after, is Connor's father. So <laughs> if you're not following the Kennedy family uh, tree on a piece of paper.
1: <laughs> uh. <laughs> All right. On March 5th, 2013, skip in a few months, Taylor interviews with Vanity Fair. And when she's asked about buying that house in Hyannis Port near the Kennedys, she says, quote, People say that about me that I apparently buy houses near every boy I like. That's a thing I apparently do. If I like you, I will apparently buy up the real estate market just to freak you out so you leave me. One of these <laughs> <laughs> One of these things that I say to myself to calm myself down when I feel like it's all too much. Like, if there's a pregnancy rumor, people will find out it's not true when you wind up not being pregnant, like, nine months from now. And if there's a house rumor, they'll find out it's not true when you are actively not ever spotted at that house.
0: Unlike a lot of her exes, there's nothing. There is nothing. There are no public interactions.
1: I mean, this is, like, different from any other, like, public relationship she's had, you know, like – She's dated actors and songwriters and boy band members and like those types of celebrities where, you know, the tabloids are always going about them. And like, not to say like political families, they're not either, but she dated into an old money family that probably has a lot of experience keeping out of these types of messy situations. So it makes sense to me.
0: Also, Taylor is famous on her own right, and so are a lot of the people that she dated. Jake Gyllenhaal, John Mayer, mm-hmm. and like, yeah, Nepo Baby, sure. But, like, Connor Kennedy is famous because he's a Kennedy, not because yeah. of any specific talent. Like, yeah. he doesn't even have a Wikipedia page, for God's sake. No. So it's not like they'd see each other at award shows or galas. No, she could
1: very easily avoid him.
0: Which is what she seems to do.
1: Yeah, the very last paragraph regarding Taylor Swift in The Kennedys, and it regards Connor too. basically where they are today, according to the Kennedy heirs. Quote, today, when Connor looks back on the first summer after his mother's death, he's grateful to Taylor Swift. She helped him through a tough time by bringing to it a little bit of romance and just a touch of Kennedy melodrama, which he had to admit was actually fun. For her part, Taylor looks back on it as that special time in her life when she got to experience, at least in some small way, getting to know members of the fabled Kennedy family that she had so idolized. Quote, it was one of the best times of my life, she has said.
0: So let's talk about where Connor Kennedy is at today. First of all, and I think this is the most important note, he's a babe. He is a haughty, an absolute smokestack. Just throwing it out there. Kennedy's got That's them so golden jeans, <clears throat> But beyond that, he's 28 now. And he revealed on social media last year that he had enlisted in Ukraine's International Legion after Russia's military forces invaded Eastern Europe. Interesting. I know we have Russian listeners. I know we have Ukraine listeners. Hi. Um, None of this is personal. Just throwing that out there right now. But, Connor <laughs> did say, quote, I know the story is coming out, so I want to say my piece first to make the best of it and encourage others to take action. This was on October 14th, by the way. Like many people, I was deeply moved by what I saw happening in Ukraine over the past year. I wanted to help. When I heard about Ukraine's International Legion, I knew I was going, and I went to the embassy to enlist that day. He said that he had only told one person— in the United States about the enlistment and only gave one person in Ukraine his real name. He didn't want anyone close to him to worry, and he didn't want to be treated any differently there in Ukraine because he's a Kennedy. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's what he's off doing now. Seems like a, seems like a good dude. Again, he's hot, so my bias is there good dude from (laughs) from what i can tell right no one's no one's going to hang out with connor yeah no one's saying
1: like he is a fucking asshole (laughs) but
0: he's like not famous enough for anyone to do that for (laughs) for free tabloid points
1: if i were like at a bar and connor kennedy was there i think he looks like just an average unfamous person
0: that is just a hot white guy
1: you know and, like, the, all the pictures of, like, Taylor and him dating, he looks like the most average, like, high school crush. <laughs> you know? <laughs> True. But he is just. Like, he's good looking. He He's not average looking. But he doesn't look like a celebrity in my brain.
0: You know, I think I just have a type. I think it's just, like, the beard and the strong jaw and the strong eyebrows. Like, oh, so I fun. just think it's a type thing for me. He's got big ears. Look at those things. Look at his ears so funny anyway <laughs> I still think he's a babe I think he's a hottie I mean yeah he's not like he's not like this drop dead unrealistically gorgeous model ass looking person but he's a good person and I think that mm-hmm. that, that matters that's I think that's that why I great. think he's so hot is because I was reading like his interviews or whatever talking about defending people and I was like oh my oh my <laughs> yeah. want to defend me <laughs> <laughs> just kidding Matt if you're listening I love you So now that we've kind of finished the timeline and see where they're at, we'll talk about what we always talk about at the end of the muses, which is the songs that they actually inspired. And I want your opinion on something, Olivia, because I noticed a really sharp difference in her style between the Speak Now era and the Red era. And I am super convinced that those high-waisted polka dots, really bold colors, like those are so Kennedy-coded, right? Yeah and
1: it's like very modest dressing too. Like she said at her NYU graduation speech she went through a phase where she dressed like a 1950s housewife because quite literally she was inspired by the Kennedy love stories from the 1950s.
0: (laughs) They looked great on her like She had so much influence on fashion at that time. The high-waisted shorts had come back and the bold Mm -hmm. colors were really coming into style at the time. Like she was on trend for sure and starting the trend, but those red tour outfits and the way that she dressed during that time, I am so convinced was inspired by that New England old money look.
1: I can see it for sure.
0: (laughs) I guess we should start with the song that everybody always says is about Connor Kennedy but I don't think it is. <laughs> Begin again.
1: So I used to think it was about Connor Kennedy because like, it's what made sense, right? You know, like she dated Jake Gyllenhaal and Connor Kennedy and every negative heartbreak song is about Jake Gyllenhaal. So like, therefore the positive ones have to be about Connor Kennedy, right? <laughs> well, that was my thought too. Tell me why you don't think it's about him.
0: Well, in my deep dives of research, I am more convinced that it is about somebody else that I want to kind of talk about when we do our like leftovers mini muses mashup episode later of maybe one-off inspirations, which maybe Connor Kennedy could have fallen into Loki, but um, there's but much he is a
1: confirmed like relationship though. Yeah, so it- like the a lot of the speculations that we're gonna cover later. I wouldn't bet like it was a relationship, but then again, I I could eat my own words because I haven't looked into it that hard. So who knows?
0: Same. I don't think it's about a relationship. And more importantly, I don't think that the lyrics to begin again, do anything to indicate that it blossomed into a relationship. I love begin again. Mm -hmm. And my idea from that song is that it's literally just about having hope for the first time. And that doesn't mean that, you're falling in love and dating that person it could just be the first time that you see a guy that's not a dickhead and when Taylor's talking about begin again she said back on the news cycle in 2012 that the first song on the album and the last song on the album were about the same guy and she wanted those bookends which is so easily misinterpreted that begin again was written about Jake Gyllenhaal because we know state of graces twin fire Mm -hmm. signs four blue eyes but the part in Begin Again that's about Jake Gyllenhaal is all the shade. He never did. Like, that's what that yep. is. It's about him. Yep. Kind of. So, yeah. I don't know. The secret message for that song, the liner note is, I wear heels now. And people are like, oh, this is so about Connor Kennedy because he's so you much taller. Wear heels than
1: heels with her- him. Yeah. Where they at? She wore her dumb little ballet flats.
0: Yeah. <laughs> It's it's bad evidence just because Connor Kennedy is taller than her by a bunch and Jake Jigglehip Jillen Hall uh, isn't.
1: If you haven't listened to our Jake Jillen Hall episode, I highly recommend hopping over there just for the context of why Danny keeps calling him Jake Jigglehip. <laughs>
0: it just it just sticks. It's stuck in my brain. It's permeated. Jake Jigglehips. Anyway. So I just don't think it is. I love Begin Again. I don't think it's that deep. And she released it as a single on October 1st. So if we're going to, on October 1st, 2012. So yeah. if we're going off of the Kennedy Air's account of when they broke up, if they did break up in September, why would she immediately release a single?
1: It's about watching it begin again for like the first time. And let's think, she broke up, or her and Jake Gyllenhaal broke up in 2010 and this is mid 2012. She dated people for sure in that year and a half. Oh Taylor yeah. Taylor was desperate for love. She she was going on dates.
0: Yeah, she was going on dates or even just like having positive experiences with male peers. That could be enough to reignite your okay, they're not all that bad. But a lot of people think it is I'm just I can't wait to tell you all that you're wrong.
1: <laughs> Amazing. Another one that I've seen people say. Is about him that I also disagree with is "Stay, Stay, Stay." Again, I think it suffers from the same thing that "Begin Again" does, is that in that it's one of the few positive relationship songs on Red. However, I think the dead giveaway is the liner note, which is "Daydreaming About Real Love." This isn't a real thing. (laughs) You know, like, no. I mean, she could have, like, imagined somebody while, like, putting these scenes on, like, on the relationship, but these weren't real occurrences.
0: No, I don't think so. I've always heard Stay, 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 which you know I'm not a very big fan of, but I've always listened to Stay, Stay, Stay and heard it as a Taylor wants somebody that's so in love with her that she can be totally out of pocket. Mm -hmm. And, it's still romantic somehow, and they're still together. Like, okay. not everything she's ever written is entirely autobiographical. I mean, Folklore and Evermore are living proof of that. But I've also heard that, and I'm like, interesting.
1: Okay. I think it's just, it's a positive song on a Heartbreak album.
0: So another one, and I guess I kind of buy into this one, I don't know, is Everything Has Changed.
1: Oh, I know since yesterday, yeah. everything has changed.
0: Because the liner note is Hyannis port. An important note, she misspells Hyannis.
1: Yeah, I looked into that and I can't think of any real good reason why she would misspell it. The misspelling is H Y I A N N I S.
0: The only argument that I have seen is that it's intentionally misspelled to be like a big flashing light to Diana Agron, who a subsection of the fandom thinks that Taylor had a really close relationship with, whether it be platonic or more than platonic. There is a group of people who think that that's her like flashing a light. Now, I'm not totally convinced of that, but we'll deep dive into those relationships later on. More importantly, she's done this before. Why did she say the, when you came to my show in SD, when the show yeah. is in San Jose,
1: I will say for this liner note in particular, Hyannis Port, I did open up my OG red booklet and take a look, and the I in question, the extra I in the beginning, is in the word I, so it's not just like a random capital I in a random other word. It is the pronoun I. It could be intentional, very very much so, but also could be a formatting error that just didn't get caught because it was the pronoun I and those do get auto-corrected in most documents you know I know there's there's a a big group of Swifties who probably highly disagree with that statement so I just I don't think Taylor Swift is absolutely perfect yes she does everything for a reason but you know room for error and everything
0: (laughs) agreed and like I believe that everything has changed could be about Connor Kennedy just because the lyrics kind of direct to it. I don't know exactly when it was written because I couldn't find anything on that, but you know, the lyrics could indicate that it's a fresh relationship and that things are good out the gate. It's honeymoon stagey, So that's entirely possible.
1: I will say the one big thing that kind of gives me like pause a little bit is that Taylor sings about his green eyes and Connor Kennedy does have brown eyes. Though I will say on paper, he has brown eyes. If you look at pictures, they do lean a little bit green. And I mean, what's she gonna say? Your freckles and your brown eyes, you know?
0: <laughs> okay, but hear me out. And I know that they're entirely platonic, but Ed Sheeran does have green eyes, they're green blue.
1: So, like, they wrote that song together.
0: They wrote the song together, and even though there's no romance between them, I don't know, it's a duet, and that's possible. Also, I wonder if Ed Sheeran's girlfriend at the time, I don't know. I don't think he was dating cherry back then but he knew cherry existed cherry being his wife uh mm-hmm. i don't know what color her
1: eyes are but it doesn't matter i just but even if it's like that then like why is the secret message high in his port basically i think what danny and i are getting at is that all like signs point to it being about connor kennedy but it's just like eh? <laughs> but i mean the song could be like mostly inspired by him we did come to the conclusion that we think that she didn't really like him that much so
0: and then the only other song that i could see we have already talked about and that we know without a doubt is inspired by the kennedys not necessarily connor Mm -hmm. is starlight and that's not really a connor inspiration but it's worth mentioning
1: it's about his grandma and grandpa
0: i just i don't think that he was
1: Really, wasn't necessarily a muse, I guess, per se. But I mean, the Muses episodes are really like love life deep dives, and there are speculations to which songs are about him. We just gave you our opinion.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I mean, he was, and the Kennedys were in a lot of ways amused for her life and her style. Mm. Like we talked about, her style changed with what was popular in the 50s and 60s because of the Kennedys. She became very New England new money because of the Kennedys. Like, even if it's not just about Connor Kennedy, Taylor's relationship with an obsession, like a Kennedy file, Kennedy filiac, really shaped who she is today and who she was in the media 10 years ago.
1: Yeah, a lot of people think that her 4th of July weekend with the Kennedys at the Kennedy compound influenced her to purchase her Rhode Island home and host 4th of July parties I suppose
0: that wouldn't entirely surprise me influenced her style all the way like through the 1989 era and I mean she even got like the classic bob like the very 60s curly bob thing going on so it influenced her it was a muse for her life even if for not a bunch of her songs
1: yeah definitely
0: Olivia, what are your feelings about the age gap and about the relationship?
1: (laughs) I have a lot of mixed feelings. One, is it weird for a 22-year-old to be dating an 18-year-old senior in high school? Objectively, yes. Yeah. Given the circumstances, and I'm not making excuses, it's just I feel like there are multiple layers to every situation. Um, And in this case, I think that... Taylor Swift was kind of emotionally stunted where she became famous for a while. I think she was kind of struggling to find who she was as an adult human. Because, I mean, look at her music. Albums one through three, debut through Speak Now, they all follow very similar themes. And Speak Now was written by a 19, 20 year old girl, but it really resonated with high schoolers. So... I don't think, especially during those first few formative years, she grew very much, you know, emotionally. And then on top of that, she had just dated two men 10 years her senior back to back and got really, really burned by them. It was definitely an overreaction to like date extremely younger, but I don't think that's, you know, something we can entirely blame her for.
0: I agree with you because those last couple of relationships, big relationships, were men that were so much her senior and it went so poorly. It was almost like an overcorrection because there was the Patrick Schwarzenegger and then there was Connor Kennedy and then there was Harry Styles and that relationship got flack too for having a similar age gap. I just think that Taylor's comfort place in being with other people particularly romantic, like romantic relationships are a comfort spot for her or she wanted it to be. And what she was learning through tests was that older men were not a comfortable place for her. So she overcorrected and went younger. And like, yes, it's weird for you and I and for most of the listeners of this podcast, if you're 18 and you're dating a 22-year-old,
1: that's Mm -hmm. weird. Because in our normal life, when you're at 22, you have graduated college. You have gone through those you know, formative experiences that that 18 year old person has not gone through yet. Whereas Taylor just like didn't. She, she left high school and made music.
0: And it's just, when you're in fame circles, it's not the same. I wish I could say that it were, it's just not. With that, while I generally think it's kind of icky, I don't think that it was her trying to be manipulative. I think that she, like you said, was a 22 year old with the mindset of like an 18, 19-year-old again. She stayed there, yeah. frozen,
1: <laughs> dust collected on it her does, kind of hair. You just drill it into the ground. Taylor Swift at 22, dating Conor Kennedy at 18, is not the same thing as John Mayer at 32, dating Taylor Swift at 19. Those are wildly different.
0: And older women absolutely are totally capable of manipulating younger men into getting what they want out of relationships or grooming them or whatever. That's totally something that's been, especially recently, been prevalent. I'm looking at you, Aaron Taylor-Johnson. But the reason that I'm saying this is because older men typically tend to lean towards the grooming thing, whether we like to address it or not, whether they like to address it or not. I don't think Taylor Swift was trying to groom Connor Kennedy. I just
1: don't. I think she just had a very young mental state.
0: What did you learn this week?
1: I say learned that she wrote Starlight before she ever met the Kennedys, before she even knew Connor Kennedy. I thought that she wrote that after having met the whole family. I don't have any confirmation. That's just what I assumed. But (laughs) she wrote that based off of just research.
0: (laughs) That's so funny. I learned that Connor Kennedy... Enlisted and went to go fight on behalf of Ukraine.
1: Yeah. Oh, oh my god. Bonus tailing. I didn't know she dated his cousin before him.
0: <laughs> Does it count as dating if you're just like doing a little fooling around? It
1: counts because it was in front of him. That's kind of messed up. I wonder if they ever <laughs> talked about that. <laughs> I don't know. I, guess I wonder I if like Connor and Patrick ever like debriefed afterward. Oh my and they're god. They're like, oh my god, Taylor Swift, she's crazy, I'm sure. Right. Oh, that pa-
0: probably happened. But now I since too. she's <laughs> since she's like where she's at, like the biggest thing in the world. Patrick's out there like, Hey, not only is my dad the Terminator, I once stuck my tongue down Taylor Swift's throat. Like that's totally something that a boy would say, even like a twenty-eight year old boy. <laughs> You can always follow us on Instagram and TikTok at tay learning Podcast. Where can they shoot us an email?
1: If you want to email us, you can do so at taylearningpodcast at gmail.com.
0: We try to comb through those as much as we can and respond to everyone. So keep letting us know what you want to hear.
1: We love to hear what you guys think. We love to hear how excited you are for certain things that we mention. We'd love to hear your opinions on things that we've talked about in episodes. So like if we do a ranking episode, we'd love to hear your rankings as well. We just love hearing from you guys.
0: Yeah. And let us know if there's any information that we missed. A lot of our information on this podcast as we get bigger is crowdsourced info or firsthand accounts. So if you happen to be somebody who lives up in Hyannis Port or in New England (laughs) and you have tales to add, let us know. For this week, my name is Danny And I'm Olivia.
1: See you next time. Bye. Taylor visits the canned can it the Hello. Connerty
0: compound <laughs> <laughs> I said Cade <K-d> cop early of <laughs> Cape
1: cop too many like K sounds
0: I know the alliteration is gorgeous but it's really yeah. annoying
1: anyhow